Programming Notes episodes, the general concept is that you can get an extended summary of episodes if you decide that you'd rather have that than listen to the episodes themselves, as well as some notes about what's going on in the community or how you can be helpful and useful in the community. Programming notes for the week of October 2nd, 2022. Again, starting with something that I'm enjoying, the book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, A a Therapist, Her Therapist, and Our Lives Revealed by Lori Gottlieb. I'm highlighting a lot of the quotes on my, my Kindle to be used in future content because it's amazing how much her patience, it's, it's a lot like dealing with different personas when we're talking about data mesh. Not in a bad way, just incentives and human nature and just you know, some humor in there. It's also just a funny, well-written book. So reflecting back on Jamak's Corner from last week, episode 134, I really am amazed at how often I hear the phrase data pipeline in most conversations related to data, even on this podcast. It comes up extremely frequently. But there's an upcoming episode where they're working, you know, data more and more into the software development lifecycle or SDLC. And I thought that that really sparked some interesting thoughts for me. Like, I want to see, can we get there? Like, how do we get there with data? We're not every transformation is treated the same. We're not every data product goes A, B, C, D, E, and it's all treated in the same exact way. And it's all um, kind of, overbuilt, overwrought, and it makes it very, very difficult for people to learn because they have to learn every single aspect of, you know, the pipeline that it goes through. And when you think about context handoffs between people or teams, they cause so many issues and bottlenecks and miscommunications. Data handoffs in a pipeline approach, don't they kind of do the same thing between systems And often even people charged with doing, you know, a specific step of the data pipeline are somewhat unaware of the upstream and downstream of, and what is this actually doing? Why are we doing this? And let's also get real. The tooling that exists out there is all built to serve this data pipeline approach. How do we rethink? This is where Jamak has been saying for a while, the tooling isn't here yet to do data mesh, right? It's where I've been focusing on so much of the the people change management aspects because it's one giant inverse Conway maneuver in a way against the industry uh, and, and existing tools, right? That we we need to set ourselves up via to be actually able to extract the value. It's where we can squeeze the most value from now, from the data mesh, from everything but the tools really while we wait for them to catch up. And I'm not saying every tool is is not uh, useful or anything like that, but it's really, it's not where we need to go. Is, is this too dire? I don't know. Something to noodle on, I guess. So for this week, on Monday, it's going to be episode 136, building your data platform for change and reusability 
via modularity, which is an interview with Alice uh, Sohofi, who's at Morantic's Momentum. And uh, we were talking about Morantic's Momentum is doing some some interesting work around ML, you know, data science for their uh, customers, and they've built a platform to make doing this very easily. And so this one I think is really good for one talking about how to build a data platform in general with modularity, so you can quickly change relative to needs, and and nothing is overly precious, right? Okay, this team wants to swap out the storage. Okay, they can do that, right? Um, and and two, you can actually go in and and see the quote, the code, right? Swirl, their platform that they're talking about is open source. You can go in and play with it yourself. So you can see how other people are building. I think this is important for people that are building out their platform. On Tuesday, we've got episode 137, even more on driving buy-in in data mesh, mostly about domains. This is Mesh Musings 31. Can you guess what it is from the title? <laughs> this one is mostly about driving specifically with domains to get them prepared and capable to share their data, right? There will be even another one, I think, later in October, or probably November, around even more on driving buy-in. So even, even more, more on driving buy-in, I don't know. But I think this one is really, really helpful to pattern match. What have I heard from all these different conversations? What's working? On Friday, episode 138, Getting Started with Data Mesh by Collaborating with the Business, an interview with Darshna Thacker. So Darshna is at uh, BCG Plantinian, and she gives some good advice around how to get started, how to move forward on data mesh. A really good little nugget from the episode was, when selecting your first use cases for data mesh, evaluate domains on four different metrics, business value, capabilities, eagerness, and feasibility. There isn't a golden formula, but it's likely some domains or use cases will rise to the top pretty quickly. You know, I think it's it's really helpful when you're first starting out to listen to that and start to, to look at the different frameworks that people have for selecting the initial use cases. So with that, on to the extended summaries. Extended summary for episode 136, Building Your Data Platform for Change and Reusability via Modularity, an interview with Ali Reza Sohofi. So in this episode, I interviewed Ali Reza, who's a data scientist focused on building the data platform at Morantic's Momentum. Morantic's Momentum is a, a bit of an interesting use case of they do kind of outsourced machine learning for their customers. And they've built this platform called Squirrel, which is an open source platform um, that is kind of built in a composable way. And so we were talking about building your platform <laughs> and how you can do that for reusability. So Ali Reza started by sharing about you know, how Morantics actually works with their clients. Often their clients are not that deep into machine learnings and just want to outsource it. So Ali Reza and team are essentially building a data platform that is use case agnostic across many different data maturity levels and modalities 
both on the production and consumption side, that is scalable and cost efficient. Sound like a familiar challenge, <laughs> right? They're doing it for machine learning, but this sounds kind of like what we got to do for data mesh, right? While their platform is specifically for machine learning, it's good uh, approach to dig into partly because they recently open sourced their platform so others can dig into the implementation aspects. The most difficult challenge of the platform and working with customers per Alireza is the data ingestion. Clients are using a vast array of source systems and formats, so they had to focus on each customer's specific challenge. Unfortunately, this means there is a custom-built driver for each use case or data set for ingesting customer data, but they have created a number of templates for ingestion and transformation to make the custom development. Whether that's initial development or you know, making changes, it does make it relatively lightweight because they have these templates. The customization and subsequent coupling is typically only related to the business logic related to the use case. So while it's not ideal, it's a scalable approach that is serving them well. While customers are outsourcing their machine learning, that doesn't mean they are not data literate, according to Alireza. To be able to leverage the Squirrel platform and service and get good information out for their applications, the domain teams still need to really understand their own data. Unfortunately, Alireza doesn't have the silver bullet to training generalist software developers to really handle their data. <laughs> they must be able to model the data properly themselves. The platform team's job is to make tools so they can deal with the data, but not the data engineering. That's what you want the domain teams to do. A centralized team handling the data modeling can quickly become a bottleneck. So again, you want to push that off onto the domains. When talking about scalability, both pure throughput scale, but also scalable across many use cases, right? Both definitions of the word. Ali Reza believes you must build a platform that is generic enough that isn't tied to use cases. This probably sounds quite familiar, right? It must be relatively easy to extend or augment the platform as well. You need to provide people the flexibility and ease of customization if they want to own the complexity themselves. Easier said than done, but still important to repeat. Blanca and Pablo at Plain Concepts said similar things in their episode. According to Alireza, it's important to think about templates versus packages. Use templates where possible for more simple things because packages, by default, have some choices embedded in them. Templates are starting points that more often point directly to the choices people can make with defaults versus people discovering the choices made in packages, right? Both can be useful. And when a template or package needs to be extended, that work should be done by the domain team. Otherwise, you have centralized work that can become a bottleneck, right? But do have the domains contribute those extensions back to the platform as well, right? So that way, somebody else may want to use that exact same thing. Because Squirrel, their open source platform, is open source, Alireza and team had to really think about how to make things very loosely coupled even within the platform itself. So the drivers, the computation, the storage, et cetera, are all able to be extended or even swappable. This means each domain team can replace things if they truly have reason to, and they can still get good leverage from what is already built. Alireza had some direct advice. 
When developing your platform, be very conscious about what you want to include. You don't want to do one-offs. What can you reliably abstract because it's a repetitive need? The first time you see a new pattern, don't rush to build some, you know, supporting that in the platform. Otherwise, it's very easy to build a platform that is hard to evolve and support. Analyze a diverse range of challenges to find your patterns and then abstract. It's crucial for platform teams to develop good communication and ways of working with your domain teams or whoever your users are and really learn how they use the platform according to Ali Reza. You should provide good ways for them to provide feedback and make requests, but also more informal ways of teaming up and exchanging contacts like pair programming and scheduled inform chats. That way, every communication isn't an ask, right? Think water cooler chat. Your platform team should also be users of the platform. The best information and feedback often comes from being a user yourself. Ali Reza wrapped up on a major challenge that is still yet to be well addressed. How can we embed the semantics in the data? We need to figure out how to, what he said, quote, unquote, solve ontologies that don't align across domains. Extended summary for episode 138, Getting Started with Data Mesh by Collaborating with the Business, an interview with Darshna Thacker. Just FYI, this is going to be quite an extended summary. So in this episode, I interviewed Darshna, who's an architecture director at BCG Platinian. Darshna started the conversation admitting to being a technologist at heart, but argued we can't become over-enamored with technology in data. Focus on the business outcomes. If you are prioritizing your technology backlog, it's like, quote unquote, serving food to customers they didn't order. You're putting together technology solutions that aren't what people want or need. We have to move away from the concept that technology will solve your problems. To keep yourself from not going down the tech focus rabbit hole, Darshna recommends asking why or asking more layers of why to people selecting technology. Okay, you want to use the latest and greatest tech? Why? Why is this better than another solution? Why do we need to solve the issues it supposedly addresses? Why can't we use what we already have? This questioning can drive technologists to use common vocabulary between tech and business by focusing on why are we actually doing the work? What is the target business outcome? Every data team should be asking, what are you building for the business leaders? Again, what are you building for the business leaders? Because if you can't answer that, are you actually adding value to the business as a whole? Probably not as much as as you probably should be. A good question Darshna believes every company should ask, what are you trying to achieve when working with your data, especially something like data mesh? Is it just having the cleanest data possible or something like that? Or are you focused on serving customers better? Data can be the enabler to achieving your business goals, but only if you actually tie your data work to your business strategy and goals. For data mesh, what Darshna has seen is it is typically the CTOs or the CIOs that are the biggest advocates and thought partners to the teams driving the implementations for data mesh. But 
You can't just move data mesh forward without buy-in from other execs. You need budget, whether that is directly from the CFO or from the head of some business unit. To get that budget, you need to talk about what would doing something like data mesh do for the business. You need to consider how to actually quantify the benefit to them. Is the first use case going to drive better revenues, lower costs, et cetera? But also, what are the added benefits of being more agile and scalable with data? Can data mesh lead to better talent retention too? Talk about unlocking additional use cases and capturing opportunities far quicker. So it's not just what could we do right now, but like we can react much, much quicker to changes in the market. Asking the business leader to imagine a world where is probably not going to go well, so get as specific as you can. Easier said than done, of course. When working with the business to get buy-in for something like Data Mesh, Darshna recommends answering the question before it's asked if possible, what's the value of doing this? Again, if you can get specific, that's great. Talk about total return. What are the upfront costs and the ongoing costs compared to return? But you can also ask, what's the cost of doing nothing? That really does get people to to think about if we just keep doing what we're doing, are we gonna are we gonna be keeping up with our competitors? So if we do nothing, is that gonna mean lost market share, lost opportunities, etc.? You can get the business counterparts to tell you what they are concerned about, and you can help them address concerns with data. You can also point out the ongoing costs of your legacy stack with your existing tech debt. You are incurring increasing costs just to keep it running, probably. When asked about driving buy-in for data mesh, whether that should be from top-down or bottom-up, Darshna answered both. You need the top-level support to be able to actually change the organization, upscale people, create new roles, etc., You need a holistic view of your entire implementation or your target implementation, or you are likely to build something overly use case specific. And again, this is supposed to be about serving the broad needs, not the specific needs. But if you don't have the domains, especially the people in the domains doing the actual work, understanding and bought in to the changes needed to do data mesh well, it won't go well. So you need to drive buy-in from top down and bottom up simultaneously. Sorry, this means no shortcuts. (laughs) In thinking about data mesh, Darshna has seen one big failure mode many overlook. Many don't consider the ongoing costs of running something like data mesh. That's part of why it isn't for smaller organizations. Data mesh will probably result in higher costs than value for a lot of smaller organizations. It's hard to measure if your centralized data team is actually also causing your data woes. Every company has data woes, but it's far more likely that it's your centralized team is the issue if it takes a considerable amount of time from identifying data that would be good for a specific use case to actually making it reliably available. Another potential challenge is around your data transparency. Is your data well documented, understandable, et cetera? If the responsibility for that is falling on your central team, who can't really have the context necessary to fully document the data in most cases, as we've seen, data mesh might be a good approach to consider. Another failure mode Darshna has seen for data mesh is not having a mindset focused on evolving your architecture. 
you should focus on the themes and principles and not the exact architecture. You know, these are the exact sets of things we're going to to use for now and and into the future, especially because that will change. You can't just, you know, quote unquote, future proof your platform. You have to build it so you can evolve. You will incur tech debt as you're building out your platform. But with this approach, it is a conscious decision to take on that tech debt. And also, you'll be able to better identify it. But you also don't want to go too far to the other end of the spectrum. You don't want to set things in stone, but you also don't want to have, you know, no intentionality. You want to, you don't want to just throw things against the wall and see what happens. That's not going to go well for your data mesh implementation. For actually getting going with data mesh, Darshna recommends an MVP via vertical fins life. If this sounds familiar, it's becoming a recurring concept from many guests on this podcast. To do your MVP for data mesh, you want to make sure you are not taking on too much, hence the thin slice. But you also want to make sure you incorporate all the high-level necessities of a data mesh implementation. So you can't just skip governance, for example. You want to go after a small enough use case to not boil the ocean, but also work on testing every necessary capability to go wide once you have built out your platform and figured out your repeatable ways of working. And it's okay to not get it perfect. The cost of change is far lower in data mesh. Just drive towards the value quickly. Again, prepare yourself for evolution. Historically, getting things wrong in data has been extremely costly. We, We don't have to have that anymore. We can have things that quickly evolve. As for where to start on a data mesh implementation, Darshna recommends looking at all your key domains and evaluating them on four different metrics, business value, capabilities, eagerness, and feasibility. Business value is about how valuable are the use cases the domain might participate in. And you want to think about net return and how quickly that return will likely happen as well. Capabilities is about how capable are the domains of actually delivering on a use case or use cases that will drive good business value. You absolutely need a central team supporting them with certain capabilities, you know, building out the platform and thing, but a low data maturity team uh, with complex use cases is not a great place to start. As past guests have also mentioned, sometimes you need to focus on the domains where they are eager to participate instead of trying to fight tooth and nail. So that's, you know, the eagerness. (laughs) And uh, lastly is the feasibility of the actual use cases. Can they actually be accomplished? The the business value may be through the roof, but it will take 18 months to get a use case out the door, right? Will you have to invent new technology to handle it? There isn't a golden formula between all of these, but you should look at these four criteria when making a selection for your initial data mesh use cases and domains and really think about (laughs) where you're going to compromise. A couple of other tidbits, uh, speaking data jargon when talking to the business stakeholders makes it hard to actually communicate. Focus on speaking to business outcomes and business value. They don't care if it is data mesh, data fabric, data unicorn farts, etc. And for Darshna, data mesh feels a lot like the agile movement and that people expect it to be a silver bullet instead of a framework for thinking and rethinking how you approach your work. Don't think it's a silver bullet. I think that's been reiterated (laughs) probably a hundred plus times 
uh, on the various episodes of this podcast. But this is a a thing that that sets you. Data mesh is a paradigm that sets you down the road to thinking about how to address your challenges. It's not a copy paste of how to address your challenges. 